Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, we're going to connect headaches to the jaw. And if you have jaw pain popping, clicking, if you've felt like your headache is connected to your jaw in any way, if you wake up and your jaw feels like it's tight, you've been clenching, you've been grinding all night, and your teeth are wearing down, your dentist has told you that you have TMJ or TMD, and you have temple pain, if you have any of these things, then this podcast is for you. We have uh, all sorts of types of, all different types of headaches and migraines that come through Novera Headache Center. A lot of the people that we work with are dealing with some sort of jaw issue. We can connect the jaw problems to things like ear pressure, ear fullness, ringing in the ears, uh, a long history of things that could even be connected to ear infections as a kid. Okay. But especially if you have jaw pain popping, clicking along with your headache or migraine symptoms, those are likely connected. And so we're going to connect some dots for you today. Okay. So first off, COVID caused most of us, if not all of us, to have to wear masks uh, like almost all the time. Okay. So we're on the other end of that. It seems like we're on the other end of that. Uh, I'm sure there are scenarios where people are still wearing masks, but for the most part, uh, we're past that. Now, the reason I'm bringing up COVID and masks is because when you wear a mask, the, the it could impact the actual biomechanics of how your jaw opens and closes, just the sensory input of the mask, having something that kind of restricts the movement of your jaw can impact that. And so wearing a mask seem to increase the prevalence of jaw pain. And we've seen that firsthand. We've had patients come in that have jaw symptoms, their headaches have increased, and they connect it to wearing a mask. So if you're, other, if you're not wearing a mask, if you haven't continued wearing masks, but you can, your jaw pain and your, or your symptoms or your headaches have continued, that can happen as well. I mean, we've got a lot of patients that uh, in in theory, you're just sort of managing a level of stress or tension through your neck or your jaw, and then oftentimes what happens is there's there's something that pushes you over the edge. It pushes you over this threshold, and once you're over that threshold, the pain is just going to kind of be there until you do something to reduce the le- that level of tension. So we're seeing we saw an increase, and we're seeing an increase of jaw symptoms potentially connected to the mask that we were wearing, uh, and, and also irritating or causing, uh, the, the headache symptoms to ramp up as well. So we could, I have a whole episode on, on COVID related headaches, and, uh, you can go back and listen to that because there's other connections to COVID as COVID has increased, uh, what we're seeing as a prevalence of headaches or migraines, or maybe the inf- increase in, in frequency or the intensity of symptoms after having COVID, uh, but this is more specific to wearing masks as well. So there's a few key points that I think everyone should know that's listening to this and, and wanting to understand how the jaw is connected. The first point goes to the actual anatomy and understanding how, like what, what the jaw and the, the jaw, the anatomy of the jaw, the muscles that impact the jaw, and why that's important to understand. As a physical therapist, we want things to move better. And 
to understand movement and the biomechanics of these joints and these areas like the neck and our jaw and our shoulders, we have to look at how they're structured, how the, the bone is shaped, how the joint is formed. Because if we understand those things, then we can understand the actual movement that flows naturally with, uh, with, with the shape and structure of these bones. So the jawbone itself, it's, it's interesting, um, because it is a, uh, it's essentially floating there and it's connected, uh, to your skull, uh, through identical joints on either side. Okay. So there's not, uh, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, I can't think of another bone that's exactly like this where it's floating and it has two identical joints. So on the right and the left side, uh, and the joints are a little bit unique because Think of the ball and socket joint, which is pretty common like in our shoulder or in our hip. Uh, it's a similar type of joint where it's 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 a, a type of ball and socket, but it has a slightly different function. So if you think of your shoulder and it's the golf ball sitting on the golf tee and there's a lot of mobility, a rotator cuff acts to help keep the golf ball in the golf tee. Okay, so we have muscles and the structure of that joint is intended to keep the golf ball in the golf team. Now, our jaw functions a little bit differently. If you think of like a snake that's able able to unlock its jaw, my wife hates snakes, so I don't even like that I'm using this analogy because I don't like snakes. But for the picture uh, I'm trying to paint here, as you open your jaw, it'll unlock and kind of glide forward. That happens when a snake opens its jaw, that's why it's able to get really wide. It kind of unhinges. Okay. So we're not quite to that level, but the same sort of mechanism happens where initially your jaw is just rotating. So the ball is just kind of rotating in the socket. And then it hits a point where it actually starts to glide forward. All right. So it has two components to it. It, it rotates and then it glides. And that's important to understand because, uh, it's both sides that are having to rotate and glide forward uh, with the same level of efficiency at the same speed, uh, with, with coordination of the muscles that are actually causing it to do that motion. And so as you open, uh, the, the problem arises when one side is not moving as efficiently as the other, okay? It's a floating bone. So there's a lot that's going to impact that bone's movement. A lot of these muscles that interact with the jaw are oriented more so, more so towards closing the jaw. So we have muscles like the masseter and the temporalis. Some of the more irritated muscles that actually can impact the resting position of the, of the jaw itself to a greater extent are these little tiny muscles near the joint itself. Uh, that are known as the lateral and medial pterygoid muscles, all right? So just think dinosaur, pterodactyl, pterygoid, okay? Pterygoid muscles. The medial and lateral pterygoid muscles primarily help with this side-to-side motion. And so what happens oftentimes, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm just going to go with it because in my notes, I didn't necessarily want to go this far down this road, but I think it's just sort of natural that we continue in explaining the uh, kind of the mechanism of how your jaw opens and closes and how that relates to the anatomy. But when someone has a neck problem, okay, so we're connecting this to the neck and how we talk about the neck and how I'm a physical therapist and we want the neck to move. So 
why would someone have a jaw problem if their neck is stiff? So when people come to see us, most of the time, their head is going to have an improper resting position. All right. So it's not a neutral. It's not as if everything is lined up when they're at rest. They've taught their neck to bias typically the right side. Okay. It can be the left, but most of the time, patients come to us with headaches and migraines and their head will have a little bit of a right side head tilt. Okay. So there's tension. There's different things that we see clinically that are playing into that. So maybe on the left side, there's a couple muscles that run from the neck, uh, from the shoulder to the neck, and those muscles can be a little bit angry and they're kind of anchoring on the neck and the right side of the head, uh, the, the joints way up high here can be a little bit irritated. One of the things we see is the atlas. So if you poke kind of, so from your ear directly back, you feel this kind of bony part, the, the base of your skull. And then if you're just above your neck, you'll feel it. And then drop down. So this is just behind your jaw. And then just below that bony part behind your ear, you'll feel oftentimes a pretty sensitive spot. It, It can feel a little bony. Um, but a little bit of sensitivity back there. Oftentimes we have patients that say, like even with a little bit of pressure in that area, it's extremely sensitive. Now what you're pushing on is the atlas or at least the tissue, the muscle around that surrounds the atlas. And the reason I bring that up is because the atlas should slide right or slide left when you side bend right or side bend left. So when patients come to us and their head is slightly tilted to the right, the atlas is also slightly tilted to the right. That's the way it works. The atlas will slide right. If your head tips right, it'll slide left if your head tips left. So you're, we're assuming, we're talking with about the majority of people, your head has a little bit of a right side tilt. Look in the mirror, you might be able to tell your head likes to rest to the right. To the left is a little bit uh, less comfortable. Okay. So we're going to assume your atlas is tilted to the right. Now, what does that mean for the jaw? Well, that little area you pushed on, that's pretty sensitive. That's, those are, uh, that's muscle tissue that is connecting. It's impacting the jaw to some extent. All right. So the first thing that's going to translate to the jaw is one, just the resting position. So gravity is pulling us straight down. If your head is tipped to the right, your jaw bone is floating, what do you think it's going to do? It's going to kind of gravitate towards gravity, okay? Uh, I don't I don't know if that was even an appropriate way to say it. gravitate towards gravity. Well, anyways, so your head's tipped to the right. Your jaw bone being pulled straight down is going to kind of start to shift to the right, okay? You following me here? So over time, just because your jaw bone is floating and your head's tipped to the right, your jaw will gravitate to the right. All right. So it changes the actual mechanics of your opening and closing of your jaw, um, just because gravity is kind of pulling on it a little bit differently. The other thing that I believe is impacting the jaw is the right side uh, of your neck is probably carrying a level of tension that might be greater than the left side of your neck. Okay. Now, neck muscles are also going to impact jaw function, all right? Um, So if your right-sided tension is increased, that tension, because these muscles have an origin and an insertion, so they start somewhere and they end somewhere, 
And typically muscles are impacting multiple joints, meaning for a muscle to contract, uh, one side needs to be stable and then it's going to move the other side. But with a lot of muscles, it's not always that easy because they cross multiple joints. And so by a muscle contracting, if the one side is not necessarily stable, then both sides are going to be impacted. Okay. So picture this in the jaw. If a muscle originates on the jaw, but then attaches to the neck, let's say the neck needs some help. Your neck's not very stable. So you start recruiting all these extra muscles. Well, one of those jaw muscles might have to do extra work. Now it's anchored, you know, it's anchored on the jaw, but the jaw's not fixed. And so it's going to slightly pull in the jaw. So over time, that muscle tension builds and it pulls on the jaw. So what do we then see with the jaw? We see that the jaw oftentimes, so if we're going with this right-sided bias, the jaw will be slightly shifted to the right. Okay. We see this all the time. Uh, I've worked even with a couple of patients this morning that we were seeing that sort of pattern. Okay. Why does that happen? Uh, if you're right side dominant, uh, if you, um, utilize your right hand for those fine motor movements, it could be that you're less stable, uh, through your shoulder girdle. And so that tension increases or the load throughout the day because your sh- shoulders less stable, uh, the tension will translate to your neck. So we need the more proximal areas or the areas closer to our body, like our shoulders need to be stable for our hand to be able to do something. All right. But if your shoulder is not stable, then your body will bring in all these other muscle groups to try to get it to be stable. All right. So if your shoulder's not stable, that'll translate to your neck. If your neck isn't stable, that'll translate to your jaw. Okay. And vice versa. I mean, these, the, it just all plays into it. It's so you can't necessarily have neck tension and have the jaw be free and clear. So it's going to impact it to some extent. It's just a matter of if, if someone comes in, uh, to our clinic, we're evaluating them. We're starting treatment. If, if they have, if their primary symptom is, is a headache and it starts in the neck and it wraps them around, we're going to spend most of our time in the neck. If they have some jaw symptoms or pain in their temple, then we're going to incorporate, uh, work on the jaw as well. Or like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you've got, uh, sort of the ear fullness or ringing in the ears, um, or any sort of jaw symptom, popping, clicking in the jaw, then, then we're going to address the jaw as well. Cause it tells us the jaw has been irritated uh, to a level or to an extent that it's, it's actually symptomatic now. All right. Another, another key point here is, um, actually something that I've gone on a personal journey with, and then also professionally, uh, just trying to, to educate myself. And it's been fascinating to learn about the impact that breathing has on our airway, our airway function, like the impact that airway has. So uh, I've got, if you haven't listened to the podcast with Dr. Goals, uh, please go back and listen to it. Um, he's got a wealth of information and a lot of really, really helpful information when it comes to breathing and airway. But when you breathe, your mouth should be uh, closed and the tongue should be to the roof of your mouth. All right. So <clears throat> when, when we mouth breathe, our jaw is more likely to, to carry a level of tension. All right. The reason for that is your tongue 
uh, and, and your mouth can even be closed, but it's probably more important to think about the resting position of your tongue. So if your tongue is not necessarily pressed to the roof of your mouth at rest, and your teeth shouldn't be touching, but your lips should be closed, if your tongue is not pressing up against the roof of your mouth, when we, when we think about how muscles function, so I'm going to take a step back here and explain something. If your bicep contracts, what that means is that your tricep has to relax. And if your tricep contracts, that means your bicep has to relax. Okay. So a similar, a similar sort of pattern is happening here in the mouth. If your tongue is pressed to the roof of your mouth, your jaw muscles, like your masseter and your temporalis are going to relax. So one trick that we provide our patients is to say, no, if you say no, n, n, that N sound n, is pushing your tongue to the roof of your mouth. And that can be a way to actually relax the masseter and the temporalis, these big jaw muscles that get angry when you're clenching or grinding or when you're stressed. Okay. So how do we do that? Well, the, the most basic thing to do is think about breathing through your nose. Now, if you can't get the tongue to the roof of your mouth, I'm going to talk about what we do about all this stuff in a minute, but uh, I have other podcasts where we interview myofunctional therapists, and that can be a great option of just retraining not only the resting position of the tongue, but lip strength, tongue strength, how you swallow, all sorts of good stuff that uh, I believe can be very helpful for someone dealing with, uh, with jaw symptoms. All right, now let me, let me circle back to the mask uh, situation. So the masks were uh, pushing, on, it was like a sensory input that was, uh, in some sense, keeping our jaw from, one, being in its resting position, but when we talk or when we're chewing, uh, my guess is we were sort of restricting that forward movement uh, that should have or could have been there. Okay, so just just some mask on our face was changing the mechanics of our jaw, and it was also likely changing the resting position. All right, so the joint, the jaw joint itself was was likely being set back, or our muscles were actively kind of holding our jaw back because we don't necessarily like breathing into fabric all the time. And um, the other thing too is it's it could have changed the way we were breathing. So breathing pattern, uh, I could imagine if you were restricted already, like if it's hard to breathe through your nose and then you put a mask on someone, well, mouth breathing for a lot of people is going to feel like a more efficient way of breathing. So if you were mouth breathing more so with a mask, um, that might be part of the problem as well. Okay. All right. So the, the other key component here is that, um, so we just, we just, ex- I just explained why the neck is, and the neck tension and these neck problems that we see, uh, are going to impact the jaw. So if you have jaw symptoms, if you have pain in the jaw, popping, clicking, uh, pain in your temple, especially in the morning, we want to look at the neck as well. Cause the, the neck is a vital component, um, of, how the jaw functions, which means if we're going to get the jaw better because it's this floating bone with two joints and both of those joints need to move effectively and efficiently, um, we need to make sure that the neck is able to move the way it should. And the resting position of your head is where it should be. 
And if we don't address the tension in your neck, your your jaw's likely gonna. You may find temporary relief, um, but it'll it'll come back. Okay, and it'll continue to come back. And and I'm not saying like um, like relatively quickly. Okay, so if if we do some things on the jaw, it might feel good temporarily. But if we miss if we miss the neck, then we're missing a major component of this. So what are some major headache signs that are connected to the jaw, signs that you have a jaw-related headache. So morning temple pain is probably one of the biggest. If you, a lot of people um, are told that they clench or grind your teeth, their teeth, if your teeth are look like they're worn down, if there's not those peaks and valleys, um, it, it likely is that you have worn your teeth down or enamel's really strong, and so it takes a lot to wear it down. Um, but our jaws, our jaws are really powerful, uh, joint complex and, uh, our jaw muscles are really powerful and just the, the mechanics and how it's set up. And so we can wear our teeth down. And so if you are clenching or grinding your teeth at night, oftentimes you're waking up with temple pain and that has to do with the temporalis muscle, which is shaped kind of like a fan, uh, like a, like a little Chinese fan that you might use to cool yourself off. So it, it's, um, it runs through the the cheekbone here and then connects into the mandible, the jawbone itself, but it fans up and around the side of your head. And oftentimes those trigger points uh, are well known because if you push on the side of your head, it's kind of sensitive. All right. So if you have pain in the morning in those areas, that's a sign that you you're you might be clenching or grinding your teeth or you have some sort of jaw issue, especially if that's one-sided, it, uh, it indicates that um, there's, there's a problem that's biasing one side, which again is a very mechanical thing. Uh, and, and that's something that we should look at both from the jaw and the neck, getting things moving the way they should. Uh, yeah. Signs of clenching or grinding your teeth. Like I just talked about, if, if they look worn down, you can ask your dentist, they should be able to tell. All right. That doesn't necessarily mean we go down the road of a night guard, Night guards can be helpful. Uh, a lot of a lot of patients have them. I think it's it's okay if you use it and it really seems to help. That's that's fine. Keep doing it. I've got a few patients like that, and uh, you know it keeps them functioning. If you use it and it doesn't seem to do much, um, I would say we need to we need to pursue um, something that's getting going to get more at the root of what's happening. And then if you use it and it doesn't seem to help at all, or it's, it's actually harmful, then, um, I would say, you know, my recommendation to my patients is typically let's stop using it. Um, but obviously that's a conversation you have with your dentist. I, and what I'm learning is that the airway and how, how our jaw, so what is, what is predisposing your jaw to clench or grind at night? That's been a, that's been a question when I started my career that I was just like, it seems like no one has the answer to this. Now, I do believe that if you go to bed with a level of tension, that's really high. Like if your jaw tension's high, if your neck tension's high, oftentimes when muscles are, are just aggravated like that, they will have a hard time relaxing. And it's almost as if they want to find something to do. And so at night, I do think you're more predisposed to uh, clenching or grinding if you're going to bed with a level of increased tension. And so I always tell people to 
find some find some good stretches to do at night. We guide people through what that looks like. If you've taken my master class, you know, do those stretches uh, prior to um, bedtime to see if that helps. But in addition, it's looking at airway and making sure that you can breathe through your nose. And again, that your tongue is resting on the roof of your mouth and you're not having to thrust your jaw forward to open your airway. Dr. Goals talks about that. If you have sensitivity in the backside of that jawbone, that spot that, that I talked about a little bit ago, that's, a, that's another indication that you have something going on in your jaw um, that, that, we, that we need to look at. So your atlas might be shifted a little bit and it's not able to move. Uh, all of the, the muscle tissue in that area is really sensitive, impacting your jaw function so that when you open and close, maybe your jaw's not gliding forward like it should and we need to help it along. Um, sensitivities in the jaw muscles themselves. So if you push on the masseter, if you push on the temporalis, so the masseter is just kind of, if you, if you, um, smile, uh, typically the masseter is contracted. It's, it's just like push on your cheek, essentially. Um, oftentimes my patients will go to dentist and they'll kind of do a, an, an exam of the TMJ and they'll put a little bit of pressure on the masseter and ask the patient if it's sensitive and, the patient will say no, but when they come into Novera and, and we're able to find the spots that are sensitive. So just because your, your master may not feel sensitive, it may mean there's not enough pressure. You're just not finding the right spot. Usually the temporalis. So this, if you push on the temples, that's going to be a bit more sensitive. And uh, typically that pops up if you have, um, some jaw issues. And then of course, popping, clicking pain in the jaw, if you have fatigue with making longer conversations or during longer conversations, uh, if chewing is difficult, um, yeah, those are those are signs we need to look at your neck, look at your jaw, make sure uh, it's functioning the way it should. Now, there are a couple of things, other things that can impact the jaw, uh, things like occlusal, so how your teeth actually contact each other. Now, your teeth want to uh, match up really well, and a lot of people, they don't, and that's where like orthodontia comes in. But um, essentially, your jaw, if it's, if it's just, <clears throat> if your teeth aren't quite matching up, as you chew and you bite down, your jaw will try to find a way to match the teeth up. Again, it's a floating bone, and so it can accommodate uh, to slightly different positions, if it means the teeth will line up. And so what that, what that can mean for the jaw is a little bit of added stress. All right. And so that added stress over time can lead to wear and tear in the jaw, uh, and, uh, irritation through the jaw itself. And then an underdeveloped, uh, airways, the other thing that uh, can impact the jaw, impact the development of the jaw of our upper palate, um, of the spacing of our teeth. And so, uh, that's as far as thinking of this holistically, rather than just like night guards and, uh, seeing an orthodontist, I would look at airway, making sure that your airway had developed appropriately as a child. And there's different things to do, um, there. If it hasn't myofunctional therapy is also super helpful, getting the strength of your tongue, uh, and, and your tongue to a place where it can rest on the roof of your mouth. I've also had interviews with a tongue tie specialist because sometimes there's actual tissue keeping your tongue down, but we want you to breathe through your nose, having your jaw relaxed. And then of course, 
seeing, seeing a physical therapist, someone like us that can actually restore function to the jaw and to the neck so that it's able to do its job. It's able to rest in a neutral position and uh, you're not having to deal with these ongoing headaches and jaw symptoms. All right. So things to think about if you're just trying to like grab something from this podcast to, uh, to change your situation now, one is posturing. So uh, I said, a lot of people have a little bit of a right side head tilt. Um, just think about tipping to the left every now and then be aware of your head position, especially if you have a forward head position, bring your head back. That forward head position again, can put stress on the jaw because it's floating. Those muscles are going to be pulling the jaw backward. Uh, we want mobility to the neck, uh, in the neck to improve. Uh, what that can mean is seeing a good manual physical therapist for both your jaw and your neck. That's what we do here at Novera. And then obviously airway and occlusal, which I just talked about, and there's different options for that. So if you have had jaw pain, jaw symptoms, headache, headaches related to the jaw, and you have never heard any of this, because that's typically what happens, uh, is I've got patients that have gone through surgical procedures. Uh, most of them have night guards. But this type of plan of care is almost never laid out. And so if you're listening to this, I hope I hope you found it helpful. I mean, in my career, I've seen a lot of uh, really uh, dramatic situations be able to change. Uh, it does take a lot of work, time, and commitment uh, to get these things turned around, but it's a lot of fun when we get the result. We here at Novera Headache Center, um, just we, we are passionate about this and we connect people with other providers, um, but we feel like we have a major component of these problems and that jaw pain and uh, jaw-related headaches uh, are a big part of that. So that's that's what you should know about the jaw. If you know someone that has jaw pain, popping, clicking, headaches in the temples, pain in the morning when they wake up, I want you to send this podcast to them. So we're on a mission here to, again, educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines. Okay, so a lot of people have headaches and migraines, and a lot of people don't know what you now know, all right? So now you have the responsibility to share that, all right? I want you to share it, and I want you to, to educate them so that they can find the right provider. Now, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, and a lot of people um, are helped by it that I will likely never meet. But if you, if you want to work with us, we would love that. We work with people virtually and, of course, in person here in Colorado Springs. You can uh, find us at NoveraHeadacheCenter.com. You can take our master class on the website if you just want to um, just get your, your feet wet and do something that's relatively low cost and just learn a little bit more. Uh, but then we have coaching programs. And of course, a lot of people will fly from out of state if you're out of state. And we would love to help you break free from that life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication, allowing you to thrive in everything you do. Thanks so much for listening. 